Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jesus Walks Leadership Podcast. My name is Martin, and I'm in Sweden as usual. And uh, joining me is uh, Marxis from uh, Riga in Latvia, and then Arnt Jakob from Bergen in, in Norway. And uh, today we are continuing our series about uh, praying for, for different kinds of, of healing and so and uh, last episode, we, we talked about the, the inner healing and, and uh, from a discipleship perspective. And now we're going to talk from a leadership perspective, how, how to integrate the inner healing and how to, um, yeah, how, how, to, how to create the culture where, where we can have an increase of inner healings in our churches or small groups or whatever. So... The first thing we, we just now to need to clarify is uh, what do we mean by inner healing? And um, some kind of, of definition is that the inner healing is the, the inner wounds or, or scars that we have. And they, that they can come from um, sometimes in the childhood. Uh, it could be traumas, uh, like ac- accidents and other things that have been happening and um, uh, are... are um, um, yeah, impacting us. It could also be a lot of um, um, for in, in church life. It could be like that we have been uh, uh, victims of, of spiritual abuse on in, in different ways. Uh, but also that people had had treated us badly in in certain ways, uh, and that have become some kind of, of wound inside us that is affecting us. So we're not talking about everything that's been said and done in the past, but some things that have been been said and done and happened to me are affecting me uh, still today. And when that that's affecting me in a bad way, that's something that needs to be dealt with and, and uh, God wants to heal. So that's what... Uh, what we think about what's the inner healing. So um, over to you guys. What would you say is the is the key, the first key steps in in order to to um, increase the inner healing in, in the local church or local community? Go AJ. Uh, we. we... We just were uh, talking like tiny bit before we started to record here about like, uh, is there a need for in- inner healing, you know, in, in the church? And uh, so this, this podcast is more like on a leadership perspective. So I think let's just raise that question maybe first, uh, like, um, what is this thing, inner healing? Is there a need for it? Isn't it the mo- enough that we just come together and study the Bible or, you know, read what the word of God says and, and, uh, or yeah, what is this thing? So I'll pass the challenge to you, Martin, first, maybe to just <laughs> give some thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, Martin uh, did a really good job uh, giving a brief explanation. Yeah. I would just say that mm. often these things yeah. uh, come uh, up uh, in person's life. Maybe as we talked a bit uh, in the previous episode, which I suggest everyone listening, uh, uh, you know, it usually comes up when we, for example, I read the word of God and I see something uh, written about me or about God or about people. And theoretically, I believe it, but there's something innerly that blocks me to actually uh, leave it out and uh, 
it's kind of intellectually I know the truth, but there is a there is a, a gap between what I uh, ought to do or act, and uh, and suddenly there is like this uh, vacuum in the middle, so to say. And uh, usually, when people you know are starting to follow Christ, these things uh, gradually start to come up, and um, and so. I would say, yeah, mostly it has to do with, uh, you know, it's just like the brokenness of sin uh, in different uh, ways. You know, mm. it can be traumas, it can be wounds, uh, it can be also false uh, perceptions in mind and just like constructs of, in, you know, of thinking, as Paul says, these strongholds of mind and that are like really strong things, you know, how you perceive things, how you perceive God or people. So, and it's often, you know, it's often a process, but to to take them down and kind of to take the truth of God uh, that like an oil drips in, in the person's soul and heart uh, and leads to, to healing, often part of his forgiveness, uh, you know, and we talked about that as well, I think last time a bit. So, so yeah, uh, it's a crucial one. And so uh, that's like a, maybe a bit of addition to what Martin just said. Yeah, and and I also just add that that sometimes these things come up when we study the Bible, and sometimes it's my experience that it comes up in in certain uh, situations that you are suddenly becoming scared or angry or hesitate, and you don't really understand why. Uh, but it could be that this this person reminds you of something that had been happened or this situation reminds you about something in the past. And then you realize, yeah, uh, yeah, here, here's something that is, is, uh, uh, it's stirring and it's disturbing me. Uh, and, um, often you, you realize then that, yeah, um, in, um, maybe we don't really could put, put the finger on it. We, we can just say that, Ah, yeah, it's uh, it's something here that is is similar, and I I I don't know why, and I don't know uh, what's the connection, but I um, yeah, I get scared in 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 uh, when this person is in the room, for example, or uh, I hesitate this kind of situation. Um, so that that can and that can come from many different aspects. I just uh, got reminded about um, uh, one guy who who came to a church that I led. Yeah, like a decade ago. And he said, he, he was very fancy about our church and enjoyed it. But he said something, and he was actually one of our leader, was uh, one of the key leaders back then. But he said something um, um, about his a previous church that he's been into. And, um, and he says, yeah, if you just, if you talk or act anything like that leader i will leave immediately um and i didn't i've never met that leader i don't know what he talked about but how so it it make me a really insecure as leader because what what uh, what did he said and do is it a dialect is it a way of, of speaking is it uh, some kind of humor or what is what is it so i got anxious because of his wounds about this previous spiritual leader. So I think uh, he, he could really phrase it out and say, yeah, if you act or say like him, I will, uh, I'm out of here. But then we also see how, how strong these wounds that aren't um, healed are. 
he could really point that out that uh, I'm out of here. I'm going to leave if, if anything happens like this. And then the, here we see like the open wound in, in action that uh, it really affects both the person and also their su- surroundings. And just to add, I think sometimes it's uh, conscious, you know, the, the person in your case, it, he would refer back to like specific yeah. leaders, specific situations. So he would sort of, uh, you know, be triggered, we could say the word, right? He would yeah. be triggered because of something he could refer back like a leader, a situation or a conflict or something, right? In, in, and also there's, there are cases where the person would uh, act subconsciously. Uh, maybe the person would not be surely uh, kind of in full understanding and being fully aware why I'm acting the way I am in certain situations or as you say, uh, right, why I'm like suddenly acting so off. And the person would acknowledge that something's off, but uh, there would be no like kind of obvious explanation, kind of rational reasoning, so to say. So I think it's often these two as well, like a subconscious kind of uh, behavior, uh, right? And there's like uh, conscious uh, things from the past that the person's kind of fully aware of. Mm. It's it's maybe maybe uh, like for for those who might be wondering how biblical this is, so to say, you know, you come you can come from different uh, backgrounds and different views on these things. But I, I would say that partially uh, you can maybe translate this to, to some sanctification. Uh, you know, if we want to go like theological about it, that it is, it is really about God's kind of work in us and to be like aligned to the truth. Uh, because often these things are related, also connected a lot to lies that have come into your life. That is um, how you think about yourself, how you think about others, uh, obviously, emotional pain, you know, uh, where, where there needs to be uh, like a, a healing that comes and uh, uh, like a void in you that, that you know, hasn't been kind of filled by those who were supposed to fill it, like parents, for example, or, or, or a view of God that has, has been distorted. And so I think it, it, is, it is also about becoming like, more like Jesus and that this is a process we go through in life, you know. So, so that's when we, we know about this kind of justification and sanctification, these theological uh, concepts, I think it's, you can relate those two uh, to each other in a sense, uh, because it's, it's something that, uh, that, that all of us, we have, we have a need for this process of healing and freedom and truth, like in, in all of our lives. And so it's just, um, and I think like, um, like you, you talked about how it comes up. Uh, one thing we have done here, uh, like in Bergen and, and in Influx, uh, this church network we have, is that we were taught by somebody uh, from Israel. Her name is Orna, Orna Greenman. And she, she said that if you want to try to find out if you have something that you need inner healing for, then you can notice that is that in your daily life, there are certain things that are almost like knocking on your door, like knock, knock, knock. And, and that's when you can see that there is some kind of um, emotional or a reaction or a reaction when it comes to how you think that is just maybe abnormally strong or that kind of goes outside of the normal boundary in a sense. Like, uh, for example, Martin, the guy you talked about who had this wound about a leader and that he, he gets so emotional when he speaks to you about it. Right? So, so, I mean, mm. if you can find in your own life that there was a fear in a certain situation, there was an anger that came up in a certain situation or a, 
strong insecurity when you met this particular person or you were in that particular situation. That's typically something that is kind of knocking on your door. And it's almost like God is also saying that there is something underneath. There's a Mm. reason why this is coming up. And I I would like to journey with you to that deep place and heal that root in your life. And that will affect the rest of your life. And I think that's so... um... That's so profound because, for example, if I if I get angry and and yells at people, uh, I need to be, ask for forgiveness for to God and for, to them. But that's not the root of the of the problem. Uh, if that happens every day, we have some kind of other problem. And it's not about asking. Uh, it's not probably the solution isn't just can you pray for me that I'm not that angry. It's probably something more beneath it that needs to to be dealt with, and and as some of you mentioned, that the the forgiveness is often a really um, crucial part here. Both forgive yourself and others, because uh, it it's the unforgiveness that often creates that kind of or or is is um, holding this issue. Um, holding it tight so it, it continues for example my uh, if i get angry at people it yells at them every day i probably have um feeling bad every night uh so in in, in that uh, situation i also need to forgive myself for my behavior in order to get free from it uh, and then to also see okay um, my anger is is always from out out of fear and I'm 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 afraid in this situation. How how can I I work with that? How how can I invite people invite Jesus into uh, my, my insecureness and like accept that and and say that yeah can you come and help me in that? Uh, but just ask for forgiveness for my anger. That's just the first step. It's not the solution of it. So I think that's uh, that's important to to separate like the 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 roots as you said jacob and also the bad fruits of my of my wounds uh, so we often just deal with the fruit but it's the the roots that are the problem yeah the fruit just keeps coming yeah year after year after year, after yeah. year. <laughs> it's like weed you you try to get it away but it uh, it always come back hmm. mm. but um uh yeah if we we see this kind of the need for it. How how do we? What kind of steps can we take as leaders in order to uh, to get more of, of dealing with it? Who are you asking, Martin? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm asking anyone in the room, uh, <laughs> but I'm alone here. But. Uh, <laughs> I want just to add as you as we go to the like practical right how to to do it. I think I was just thinking uh, just to add uh, and finish the last kind of part we talked is also about uh, we are talking to the leaders here right and and we have uh, different uh, brothers from different uh, different uh, Christian so to say um, circles and streams listening right uh, and it's quite a wide range of people so it's, it's beautiful in the kingdom of God we are we are different but, and, but we each carry maybe some perspective that we come from and, and we often are challenged uh, and I think that's part of Jesus walks we like to 
be challenged in a good way. Uh, and I think what I maybe have faced, uh, maybe from the circles I have been coming from, uh, was the understanding that you know the person comes to Christ, uh, uh, and you know the Bible speaks really clearly that the person becomes a new creation, right? And we see that in Colossians and in so many places in Paul's letters, it's just like again and again speaking about this identity, this deep thing that has been transformed because of Jesus, right? Uh, we get his righteousness uh, and he takes our sin and uh, you know we have his righteousness so we are uh, we are new we are uh, because we are in Christ suddenly we have his perfectness uh, t- towards god and and uh, and that's like a, a beautiful thing so you know we would have the baptism and, and that really speaks about it the old uh, being buried and you know raising up to the new life in Christ and a lot of biblical language and and examples about it right and uh, and there was like a case um uh, um, where we had a, a, a sister coming to faith, uh, beautiful, you know, uh, we would celebrate it. And you would think, you know, she's a new person in Christ. So everything has been dealt with, right? So you can just like sort of blank page, you, you know, you start your life with God and, and you're like a newborn baby and everything's beautiful. And and some things really shifted, even in the baptism and, and in the process, you know, like uh, it was beautiful, it was powerful. And yet after a while, you know, the emotions come down and you start following Christ. And suddenly uh, there was the thing that it was like uh, really hard forming relationships with men and, and some things towards that area uh, in a person's life. And over a period of time, we realized that, you know, uh, though she loves God, she's a new person in Christ, uh, there is still something blocking her deep down uh, forming relationships. And it took a process of prayers and, uh, and uh, talks and, you know, just time together to pray acknowledging that there's things way back from her, uh, you know, uh, life, both in the childhood, but also when she was an adult, different experiences with men that really wounded her. And because of that, uh, there would be a subconscious uh, kind of um, block towards men in general. And so it was a bigger issue than one man, one person later. And, and, you know, you could think theologically, well, she's a new person. So, you know, just love, love people, right? Jesus said to love people. And it's kind of a way, uh, kind of way to address deep issue. But uh, to address this love of God in, in, in her life, it took some process, right? Uh, to actually acknowledge what was the cause of this wound and, and how to deal with it and the forgiveness part and uh, reconciliation towards men in general. And, and so it, it was like a longer process. But why I'm sharing this is because I think often there can be the perception that the person is a new creation in Christ, which is true. And I meant to that. Yet we see that the patterns of thinking and the ways of behavior often don't immediately change like this. They can happen. you know. And we have a lot of testimonies of addictions being broken, right? And we could share and share and share. Yet the deep things often like relationships towards parents and people... They, it's not like a magic fix often that kind of does it. And it, it's the sanctification that Aunt Jacob was speaking about. And I just want to address it a bit uh, to the leaders that thinks through these things theologically that, uh, yeah, there's you have to deal with these things and, and sort of kind of explain what to do when a person experiences this. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw this out. Yeah. And also... Uh, some things happen after we we came to Christ. Um, so uh, sin is still real, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just um, had a friend who who um, his his wife got cancer, and they got uh, 
what they believed were words of prophecy about she being healed, and she didn't, and she died. And um, I think that kind of issue you need to handle. It's not like you can just pray for him five minutes after a service and, and, and uh, yeah, uh, God is still good and then everything is fine. You, you have to help him through that kind of process um, um, in, in, uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, in order to heal and in order to, to uh, continue working in life uh but we can't just uh, we can't just say that yeah the lord gives and the lord takes and blessed be his name and then continue like nothing has happened because mm. when your wife dies that's a big thing uh so uh, yeah i think so we we need to just uh, deal with it and uh both uh, yeah both things that have been happening before but things that are still happening in our lives we we need to address that Martin, as you share, I think we just reminded that we are not just the mind, right? It's not just like theological understanding. No, we have the soul not. level, you know, the yeah. spirit and the way how we are affected on different uh, levels at different moments. And I think the challenge often leads to the kin I come from, the, the tribe, is more thinking that it's more just like theological understanding and maybe yeah. ignoring the the soul level, you know, the emotional side of, of, of being. And, and if you lead uh, people, uh, they have they have the soul and the spiritual level that you also have to flock and, and lead. And I think, yeah, it's just important to see the wholeness of, of the way how God has created human beings, including yeah. us, everyone, right? So it's it's kind of this wholesome maybe uh, look, yeah. Yeah. And uh, before going into, I just think uh, as a, one important thing for us as leaders is uh, that when we get hurt by the people that we lead or other Christians, I think that's an, um, it's, it's nothing that we often deal with, but I think a lot of us are affected in our ministry um, according to what has happened to us, how, how we get hurt by other Christians and the difficulty to, to handle that. So I think, for also for us leaders, this is an area, especially when in, in this area, that uh, we probably should deal with more in our own lives than we are, are uh, usually doing. Okay, so um, trying to be practical now. Uh, so what would you say is the first uh, step in order to increase this in, in the local church or community? Well, I'm thinking that um, that to create a space which invites people to open up is important in the church. That the church you lead, uh, that it's kind of like a safe place for that. And that like Martin, uh, we have been sharing before about that uh, the importance of kind of being vulnerable as a leader and showing an example because uh, you will set the threshold for the people and how safe they will feel about being open about vulnerable things in life, you know? So I think that part of, of being honest about your life and open your life up to the people that you are part of leading, that they might also get to see um, parts of your life that is painful or sinful or like, uh, yeah, that you need grace from God, that you need the support of people around you, that you need people actually as a leader as well. You don't have to be this, you know, always strong or, you know, like you're probably 
maybe more stable than many because you are leading and there's a reason why you are leading you know um uh, and then i think that the church environment should also be like um like a safe place when it comes to that that you can that we want to also get connected to to god's heart for people like the the heart of god the father who 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 loves people who wants them healed who wants them free right and so uh, like so one example for me is that I, I like some days ago i i was at the student meeting and they invited me to come and speak there it was like um very young students that had just come to town typically uh and and around 20 years old group of people and they invited me to come and talk about sin uh, actually like a topic because they thought that sin wasn't talked so much about in church in general at this time and that it was an important topic so and then uh, as we were going through speaking on different things and in the end gave like an invitation to come for prayer you know and and before I did that, I, I, I had a sense that the Holy Spirit was showing me that I needed also to talk about something related to, to sin, but that was slightly different that had to do with the people's well-being, right? And so I started to talk to these young people about that they don't have to live under a lot of heavy burdens about having to perform in their studies, um, to be good enough Christian, to be a well-performing Christian leader, if they were that, you know, like all these kind of burdens and performance pressure that is in society, that can be in school, that can be in your church. And I just started to talk about the Father's heart for them, what it is not about and what it is about, you know. And I felt when I started to go into that, I felt like I hit an area of inner healing that was even much bigger than all the other things I had talked about, yeah. actually. And so then when we invited for prayer, I was, uh, you know, I was left there praying for a long time with like, you know, men, young, young men and women alike who were basically just there crying, you know. And in a, in a healthy way, you know, I was just like hugging them as they were just breaking down crying partially of things from their past, but also really about this thing about just being loved, having the identity as a child of God, uh, knowing that you, that Jesus has done everything for you. And it's not the pressures off basically, you know, you, the pressures off. And so I think like that they could come there and share and cry. If people can do that in your church, that's uh, I think wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, I was um, just reminded, uh, Jacob, when you spoke about uh, a church in London that I know the leader, and they have a saying which is uh, bold enough to grow and safe enough to heal. And they are striving in both directions. I think that's a that's a healthy way of looking at it because it's sometimes we just focus on the healing. It's going to be so safe. Everything is going to be safe. Um and it's not no growing at all there. Uh, yeah, we, we can't have any, any one more in our small group because we, we need to be safe, for example. We, we are, it's the safe, that's the only word. And others are just in the growing. Yeah, it's just understand more who we are in Christ and, and let him transform us. But we don't have the, the safe uh, enough to heal part. So I, I think that's really good uh, uh, strive, to strive in both the ways there. 
Uh, Marxist, what do you think more in in order in in areas of of create this uh, culture and of um, of inner healing in the church? Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, well, speaking practically, uh, my experience shows that this uh, this is like um, a special, also hard ministry, so to say, uh, that God also gives to some more than to others. Uh, you know, I think we all are encouraged in scriptures a lot of one another's. So, uh, God really has a heart for the whole body to operate and and serve each other. Uh, and, you know, today I was reading Romans, how Paul says he's coming to the church in Italy and he wants to bring his spiritual gifts and yet he wants to receive what they have. So it's this mutual blessing that uh, the Christ of body has. Yet, uh, you know, there are s- people that are maybe uh, called and we see that in scripture is more specifically in some uh, areas of ministries rather than others. And and I think this is a ministry that um, requires both uh, God's grace and anointing and yet also practical wisdom over a period of time to be humble enough to learn because uh, it's about loving people well, uh, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and yet also uh, being sensitive to the person and where they are at the current stage. So when we talk very practically, I see that this ministry requires time. Uh, that's one uh, aspect I want to just mention. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's not like often, again, God can do many things, but my experience at least shows uh, that it, it's not like a five, 10 minute prayer thing. It, it can take, you know, sometimes it would take two, three hours. Uh, it, it can be like, uh, it's a it's a process because it takes time to go deep and to, for the person to actually feel safe, as we mentioned that um, so we would often, when we would have people over, we would just have a cup of tea or coffee and just talk for a bit and, you know, uh, relationally just, you know, uh, relax and and, uh, and bond. And uh, it would be even after the service, we would have people coming over for lunch and then we would kind of uh, go into prayer of some things. And, you know, uh, a while ago, uh, in some context, we had like this uh, lady with her mother that basically, I'm not going into details, but uh, that dealt with the same uh, issues in both of their lives. And they realize that it's kind of, uh, you know, it's something that even before um, some generations before some of the women have been dealing with the kind of the same issue and it's kind of repeating itself and it's destructive and relationally very destructive. And and it is beautiful because uh, both of them have come to Christ and they said we want freedom, you know, and we were not talking about concepts of inner healing. They just realized it's something like a slavery, something that holding them back from what the Bible speaks about the life in the spirit. Right. So mm. uh, when we just look without the technical terms, it's, I want to live what the Bible speaks, but there's something blocking me. What is it? You know? And then we say, okay, let's pray. Let's ask Holy spirit. And, and the spirit of God is amazing. So, you know, he would kind of point step-by-step step into things and, there will be both uh, uh, one practical aspect. Uh, there will be repentance. And I talked about that previously. I just see that that's the kind of, it often hits the nail uh, when there's thing that the person has kind of either believed or because of a wound started acting, you know, uh, uh, kind of uh, aligning with lies basically. Uh, and so, uh, and just like the words that often come back is James five sixteen, and it's in the context of community. Therefore confess your sins to one another. So it's this, you just don't confess it to God, which we would think is enough. But, but in uh, in order for the person to be healed, which that verse ends with the idea is that there is this confession to one another and pray for one another that mm-hmm. you may be healed. So there's this conditional aspect. In order to be healed, you just it's not only you approach God, but you actually you need the community. You need one another, and so that would be one aspect. It's like uh, forming. Um, 
yeah, first, if you're a leader that you actually equip people in this by sharing your own experience, if you have experienced that, second is maybe create uh, and uh, create a team that has heart for this kind of ministry. And if someone got flocks to your church and, and you kind of hear that the person is dealing with, um, with some like deep issues and, uh, you know, you can encourage the person to maybe approach this couple, you know, or uh, that safe person. And there can be time of ministry set apart outside of the Sunday gathering. And so I think uh, over a longer period of time, that's a good way to h- how j- just think about it, that you you um, maybe find specific people that, are, uh, that have, uh, have been more called into this kind of ministry. Uh, also, you see the good fruits in their lives and good fruits of the ministry afterwards. It's not just in that moment, actually, that the people feel loved that are being served because I've experienced the other part that people that have been served actually feel, you know, not being loved well and and it's actually bad experience it's kind of bad experience on top of bad experience so you don't want that and i think in order to avoid that you need to save people and as a leader that's part of you know uh yeah uh, practical um responsibility you have is is kind of being open yourself but also finding people that can be open and trustworthy in, in this kind of ministry and i think one advice here is is never do this kind of ministry alone that you always be two um both in in um, in order that you could you could listen both to the person and to God simultaneously and and be order been been able to help the help the person out but also that you you create some such strong bonds with people that you are connected in this kind of ministry because they are open up with things that probably no one else have heard uh it could be abuse and and really bad things that have been happening and you you connect on a um yeah on a on one level quite strong connections that that could be uh in a way unhealthy but also uh, you also vulnerable so you you for your sake you also need some kind there in order to to confirm that your behavior wasn't bad because i know a lot of people who've been in in this kind of situations one-on-one and then they have two totally different versions of what's happened so i think for for all people involved that uh, you should do this kind of ministry uh, not by yourself but with another person i know a lot of christian organizations in this ministry always are a man and a woman together uh, and th- thinking that we in this could combine our our differences and, and in, in that way helping people out um but uh yeah i, I was just thinking guys um for example if a, if a lady turns up and um she realized that uh her controlling mother is uh, uh that experience is affecting everyone in leadership both men and women what uh, what would you suggest me to do as a small group leader yeah the, there's a woman uh did you say she was controlling no or, yeah no. i said that a woman in my small group realized yeah. that her her mother has been so controlling yeah. so now when she faces leadership or uh, anyone in control she has trouble with it uh, how 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 can you help me out in in dealing that kind of situations what should i do 
So, so there's someone in your church who struggles with leadership. Yeah. Because she is afraid of being controlled. Yeah. Because she had a, a controlling mother. Yeah, for example. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the case. Mm. How, how would you deal with it um, yeah. as a pastor or a, I think, I, I think first, first of all, to try to go to the root of of her issue with her mother, um, that it's like, um, you know, for her to be free from from that control, and for her to also get to forgive her mother, and very often we would also go into this area of like more like spiritual freedom, you know. Uh, to that we would break in prayer, kind of uh, deliver her from from anything that might be really kind of working on controlling her, and so so I would think to deal with the root of where the problem came from uh, usually would again and and experience freedom from God in a sense would again um, start a process in her that would make it easier for her to be under a healthy leadership as, as one thing. But I think a big key in these things is when you talk through uh, and when you pray into that, the Holy Spirit is this incredible guide mm. uh, in these processes, how he can lead in, in, in the prayer. So, but I think also like just, yeah, well, maybe, uh, maybe Marcus, you have some, some things to add. Uh, yeah, I think it's very good what you said. Uh, we just say that often, right? It's uh, what you have experienced, you project further. So it uh, kind of acknowledge that most likely the problem is not the current leadership, uh, right? And maybe talking about a bit, uh, expanding where did you feel controlled by the leadership and uh, kind of talking through some of these things because I see often prayer goes in hand with like talking and it's kind of counseling in reality, right? So so, so you would talk through why did you, in what way would you feel controlled when uh, the leader would decide a decision and kind of try to uh, rationally explain that uh, the leader has to lead, right? So there, there is sort of responsibility that he has been entitled and that maybe your trigger is not kind of rational in some way. And, and so try to disconnect the, the present issue that's uh, the kind of fruit, uh, the triggers, but actually the problem is the root. And, uh, and often I think, in these things, everything is blurred together. So you would have all the current experiences mixed with the past. And so you, there would be like a blurry lines and, and often just by God's grace, talking through, you know, praying, uh, asking Holy Spirit, just these three in, in circle would start to bring more clarity. And I think uh, usually in these things, the more clarity you have, it's easier to kind of pinpoint the root thing. And uh, so, yeah. And then I guess then dealing with the mother's situation, uh, kind of sharing a bit about that and what was the specific situation where it occurred. And uh, yeah, and then dealing with like both, um, yeah, for, uh, freedom, you know, uh, from that. And also I think healthy boundaries afterwards in relationship, you know, what is healthy uh, communication and what's healthy leadership, which Jesus style of uh, leading. And, you know, he would lead and he would be specific, but he wouldn't uh, control in that way. So uh, and, and how he uh, calls leaders after himself, right? And maybe talk also, but biblically, what it is a good way of leading. And uh, yeah, so uh, something like that. And I think uh, it's good. And I also think one one key thing here is to also uh, accept and enters the truth that God has for me. Uh, so I'm I'm I'm. Um, 
I'm leaving the past. I'm, I'm forgiving. But I also see, yeah, this is what, what you are calling me to. Um, just an example. I have a friend. She, she said that uh, a classmate, like when they were eight, nine years old, she, the classmate said, you are so ugly, so you will never have a, have a boyfriend. And when I met this, this lady, she was in her mid-twenties, and that still affected her hugely. And the funny thing is that she's extremely pretty, but it, it, it wasn't her, her self-image. So it's not there. Mm. Um, that, that word spoken became so much her identity. So it's just, for example, in that situation, it's, just, it's not just um, forgiving that one. It's also saying, uh, I am, I am um, an image of God who's created he- heaven and earth. And, and, um, and I'm wonderfully made and beautiful. I need to like enter into that kind of reality as well as uh, mm-hmm. forgiving the that words that were said. So I think we we need to act that both ways. Yeah, the, this thing about lies and truth is very big, like uh, in these processes. Uh, and I, I just also wanted to mention that um, that we have a living God, uh, you know, and. Jesus is is present and living among us. So sometimes he will also reveal himself or speak and and he will encounter people, right? And so, for example, like in John chapter 21, um, after Jesus' resurrection, and we know what happened with Peter, the apostle, right? That he had like a... He had like a, a downfall, a failure uh, uh, before Jesus' crucifixion um, about kind of denying him and probably being afraid when he did so. And and then Jesus meets with him uh, at the Sea of Galilee and and he has a personal talk with Peter, right? And uh, Peter probably, I don't know, wasn't probably feeling great after what had happened. Maybe maybe he was happy, of course, that Jesus was was alive and uh, maybe better uh, he had forgot some of it. But uh, and then Jesus talks to him, you know, and asks him, like, do you love me more than these others? You know, and they have this conversation and and but there is this this thing about like Jesus meeting with him in that broken, painful place in this relationship, right? And and he restores him. Uh, by seeing him, by being honest, by speaking in, and by re kind of putting him in, and and kind of confirming him as uh, as his uh, disciple and apostle, and and uh, so we have seen sometimes when we pray with people here in the church that uh, actually Jesus shows up in their memory. So especially especially when it's a trauma. I think that it, with the trauma, of course, here we are into this area that that we might need also kind of professionals, right? People who work with this that are more experienced because it can be quite heavy, deep things, right? And so that's that's a part we haven't touched so much in this podcast today. But uh, but about trauma, I think there's something about um, people being able to share what actually happened in a safe environment. Mm. that they can put words to it like some, someone who will just listen and, and be there and listen and love them and just be there for them be a safe person you know that to just vent the pressure out in a sense to get to take it out in the light so to say um and then but then sometimes when we pray uh, and they pray and think about what happened in their past this trauma suddenly they see jesus showing up in the situation 
in their past. And it's like an expression where God is kind of showing what is his perspective on what happened, what is his view and what is his, what, what was his will, which was of course not that they would be so hurt. Right. And so by seeing Jesus showing up and him kind of revealing himself in the situation in a, in a way that was for their protection, that was for their uh, healing, that was that they were not alone in the situation, that they wa- God wanted something else, you know, for them. And his, his will is different than the people who hurt them. Um, in that encounter, we have seen also much healing happen in the, in the hearts of, of people. So I think just to go into prayer and invite the Lord in, like kind of go to God, go to Jesus, hmm. that, that is a very vital part of the healing. Yeah. Guys, um, time flies when you're having a good time. So we're um, almost about to end. Do you have any, any final things that we need to, to say before ending? Uh, yeah, I can, uh, I can just agree with, uh, I think, uh, what just Arne Jacob said. And, and also that, uh, like, as the final thought from my uh side is that this uh, in this type of ministry it's very important that uh, um, yeah we don't take the role of uh, being Jesus or Holy Spirit uh, but that actually we assist the people uh, accessing the throne of grace in the need of in the hour of need as Hebrews put it uh, that we can access the throne of grace uh, when we really need it and when when we have these things holding uh, ourselves or others back, what I have seen, you know, serving with my wife uh, to a lot of people is that uh, our responsibility is to help uh, for the person to approach uh, the throne of grace. Uh, And by the, the, by the illumination and the revelation of Holy spirit, by the truth of the word of God, right. And these things, they kind of start to um, penetrate really the heart if the person like uh, really wants freedom, right. And really approaches God Jesus is very clear. If you will knock, you know, he will open the door. And, and what I have seen is just he's trustworthy again and again when the person really wants freedom. Uh, sometimes it can be a faster process. Sometimes it takes some while. But but uh, for, you, uh, for you leaders listening, our role is to assist the person approaching God uh, and, and just... Um, Yeah, encouraging the person to ask Holy Spirit to reveal, uh, asking the, for him to remind the truth uh, from the word of God and, and uh, to be open-hearted about these things. So, so I can just encourage also not to take the heaviness. Uh, you know, we assist the people, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's also their choice, their decisions. And, uh, and mm. for us, it's important to give these people also uh, at the end of the day back to God and to Jesus because uh, we cannot carry it. Uh, it's too heavy of a uh, burden. Uh, only the Messiah, Jesus, can. And so I just want to speak also life in this ministry because it's so beautiful. Yet people yeah. can make also, you know, they can choose sin, they yes. can choose uh, yeah. bitterness and and uh, you know uh, slavery. So it, our heart is point to Jesus and assist if the person wants. Mm. But sometimes it takes time for the person to acknowledge that they actually need help, and and not to take the heaviness as a leader if the persons yeah are not open for it. And and I think I just want to encourage uh, to be open and to love from a place of freedom uh, in God. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's good. And just uh, one final thought for me is that the problem, I guess, with this ministry is the, isn't that the need is so clear because uh, this is hidden and people are 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 challenged by it by themselves. Uh, so it uh, 
you can't really uh, it's easy to say yeah we don't probably have these kind of issues in our church because no one ever ever says they have a problem with it but if you start addressing it and and create this kind of um, culture of openness then this will reveal and people having a lot of more issues and wounds that are need to be healed than than we are uh, thinking i guess that's my experience okay very good good guys thank you for today and um thank you for listening um next time we're gonna go into um praying for deliverance and we will uh look that from a from a discipleship perspective so see you then and goodbye yes much freedom (laughs) amen yes yeah bye bye from us